is City Journal Midday News with Caitlin Cassidy, Marco Holden-Jeffrey and Jake Pike. Victoria has recorded zero COVID-19 deaths overnight, marking the first 24-hour period with no lives lost to the virus in more than two months. There are 42 new cases today. With regional Victoria's coronavirus cases so low, Premier Daniel Andrews has announced a plan to lift regional restrictions from tomorrow night. Because there are less than five cases for a 14-day period and there are no mystery cases in regional Victoria, I am absolutely delighted to be able to announce that regional Victoria from 11.59pm tomorrow night will be able to take the third step in our safe and steady roadmap to COVID normal. Premier Andrews says lifting regional restrictions provides evidence to Melburnians the government's roadmap to recovery is working. Calls for the federal government to permanently raise the job seeker rate come as a new report predicts a $31 billion hit to the economy if payments are slashed. The modelling, commissioned by the Australian Council of Social Service, says cutting the $550 a fortnight coronavirus supplement would harm Australia's economic recovery and employment. Kristen O'Connell from the Australian Unemployed Workers' Union says the cuts could hurt the mental health of many thousands of jobless Victorians. So 400,000 people in Victoria are on uh, unemployment payments right now and obviously have lots of restrictions on their movement and we're extremely worried about what this is going to mean for their mental health when it gets even harder um, to pay the bills. The Victorian government is expected to introduce a bill to Parliament this week that would allow authorities to forcibly detain people who've tested positive for COVID-19 or been in close contact with an infected person. Police and other authorities could potentially use the new rules to detain a person with a mental illness if they were deemed unable to self-isolate. Executive Director of Youth Mental Health Organisation Origin, Patrick McGorry, says there's continued concern in the sector that police aren't equipped to deal with people in a mental illness. The police are placed in a very difficult situation. They're not, they're not properly trained for it. You know, they've got very rigid uh, approaches to, to people and if people are not responding rationally, they really often don't know what to do and, and they just go through a, a series of steps which often ends up with the person being harmed, unfortunately. This comes after reports a man with mental illness was stomped on the head by police during an arrest in Epping on Sunday. US President Donald Trump has been visiting the country's fire-ravaged West Coast and has again dismissed the role of climate change in aggravating the disaster. At a briefing with California Governor Gavin Newsom and other state officials, the president instead blamed poor forest management. The fires have now burned through more than 2 million hectares of forest across California, Oregon and Washington State. Dozens of people have been killed and many are missing. University of Tasmania environmental scientist David Bowman says dealing with worsening fire seasons in fire-prone regions like Australia and California will require fundamental change. It's absolutely astonishing the adaptive changes that are going to have to take place. It's not like just one thing, you know, do a bit more fuel management or, or build better houses. It's the whole shooting match. Multicultural Affairs Minister Roz Spence has announced more than $3 million in grants will be shared between... 36 culturally diverse groups across the state. The funds will be put towards developing community infrastructure and improving safe spaces for Victoria's multicultural communities. Federation of Indian Associations Victoria President Dr Sharad Gupta says the funding has been well received. Well, I think uh, it should be end of now because uh, probably this stage four restriction will be eased in next two weeks' time, and that should be enough for for the for the time being. Well, I can't say that is enough, but I can certainly say that it is a good initiative to support the community. 
The federal government says its gas recovery plan will bolster the economy and provide affordable energy for Australian businesses and households. The government plans include construction of a new gas-fired power station in New South Wales to replace the Liddell coal-powered station in mid-2022. Prime Minister Scott Morrison says the plan should see lower energy prices, create an Australian gas hub, and lessen dependence on international suppliers. Bruce Robertson from the Institute of Energy, Economics and Financial Analysis says the government shouldn't be investing in an industry that isn't investing in itself. The, the government has a myriad of industries in Australia that it could invest in, that are growing, that, that have companies that are willing to invest in it. That's the key point. The gas industry is running away from investing in gas and has its hand out for subsidies. New research from RMIT University indicates a grid bus network could vastly improve travel efficiency around Metro Melbourne. The modelling illustrates that by diverting resources from inner to outer areas, faster and more efficient routes could be achieved for all Melburnians. The study's lead author, Steve Penderton, says improving bus routes will help prepare Melbourne transport for changing commuter needs in the post-COVID era. It's a good idea we should think about. It would be great to see buses playing more of a part in the transport in our city. One thing about buses is you get a lot more bang for your buck. It's very expensive to add a new rail line, but buses, once you have the routes in place and they're good routes, if they get busy, it's a lot easier to add more buses than it is to add more trains. A group of mobile dog groomers has called on the Victorian government to reassess COVID-19 lockdown restrictions. Franchisees say it's unfair only grooming businesses with a fixed address will be able to get back to business on September 28th. Mobile dog groomers say the government has little understanding of the grooming industry and that their services are essential for pet health. Blue Wheelers franchiser Martin Rose says his service is safer than grooming businesses that will be allowed to operate when restrictions ease. We don't understand why shops can operate which require many movements in and out and human-to-human contact inside an enclosed space when we're mobile going house to house with no contact and completely COVID safe. Distance runners are embracing their first chance in weeks to get back to more regular training regimes. Outdoor exercise is now allowed for up to two hours as part of the first step of easing lockdown restrictions. Runners can now get back into training for half marathons. Running coach Steve Helmot says Premier Daniel Andrews' roadmap out of Stage 4 restrictions is taking a huge weight off its athletes' shoulders. While we're still constrained to a 5k radius, the two-hour daily allocation gives us a stack of freedom that we haven't really had for the past six weeks. A definite plus. It's a massive sense of mental relief for runners, I think. Now to sport. Australians are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Sydney Olympics today. Fans around the nation are sharing memories of the first games of the millennium with a hashtag MySydney2000 social media campaign. In New Zealand, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has confirmed the Wallabies rugby team will be allowed to train together while in quarantine. The Australians are due to play the All Blacks in the Bledisloe Cup next month. The decision comes in response to concerns raised from Wallabies coach Dave Rennie over lack of preparation due to quarantine requirements. Miss Ardern's told Radio New Zealand she's happy to give the go-ahead. What um, Ashley Bloomfield has said, look, 
training you know, can happen after three days. And he said because of the risk profile for Australia being lower relative to some of the other teams that have been talked about previously, that full squads can also uh, train together from the six-day mark. In AFL news, Collingwood has secured a spot in the finals after a 22-point win over the Gold Coast Suns at the Gabba last night. After a strong start from the Suns, Magpies forward Jordan Dugowie starred on his return from injury with four goals on the run. It was Mason Cox, though, who sent Pie fans into a frenzy with a final quarter goal that featured his fourth ever bounce in footy. Collingwood will face Port Adelaide next week in a high-stakes final game of the season. The Suns will play the Hawks on Sunday. In NRL news, interim St George Illawarra coach Dean Young will quit the Dragons to join a rival NRL team after the job was given to Anthony Griffin. Young will join North Queensland as an assistant coach. The move could trigger coaching changes around the league. In cricket, tumbling coronavirus cases around Victoria are good news for the prospects of the Boxing Day test remaining in Melbourne. Seven West Media and Foxtel are scheduled to make their first payment for the coming season tomorrow, after a battle over cricket's broadcast rights. Now to weather. Mostly sunny today with a top of 17 degrees. Partly cloudy tomorrow with a top of 22. And showers on Thursday, 16 degrees. This has been City Journal Midday News with Caitlin Cassidy, Marco Holden-Jeffrey and Jake Pike.